put a spell on Hi, this is Vuyo from Vuyo Oya Network. Welcome to the at radio underscore SA and thank you so much uh, for joining us. Welcoming us into the show and setting the mood as Screaming Jay Hawkins. And the title of the song is I Put a Spell on You. <laughs> this is a musician in the song that the artist featuring this week has chosen as best to describe his creative process guys this is a this is exciting show for me because it touches on two of my favorites film and fashion and the artist featuring this week is the daniel obasi a nigerian born extraordinaire creative director stylist photographer and filmmaker in an effort to address social issues daniel feels a sense of responsibility to touch on it through his art with the driving force of an imagination filled by personal perception he sees fantasy as a foundation of his creations a vessel to transmit these inspired visuals into reality of course it touches on fantasy culture and androgyny most commonly the rich culture colors deep and dark history of africa is also a factor that vastly influences his work he feels fantasy serves our need for the occasional escapism while of course culture is then inescapable i was very very honored and very excited when he agreed to um to have a talk with us i'm just gonna touch a little bit um on his recent work he uh, he did um he styled and photographed two features on the vogue portugal april issue and as well he styled um the new new babes film also, his love for old cinema shines through his fashion films, which he's got four under his belts at the moment. Amber's Bloom was the first one, Illegal, An Alien in Town, and Udara. The themes of these films are statings of fantasy and the mystical, exploring sexuality, masculinity, culture, rituals, traditions, and of course, androgyny. And um, on the uh, discussion that is going to follow, we touched a lot on um, An Alien in Town and uh, as well as Udara. And after um, the conversation, I'm going to touch more on the Embers of Bloom as well as the illegal film. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, in conversation with Daniel Obasi. Uh, I, I appreciate that. I mean, it's so interesting because when we were working on that film uh, two years ago, uh, I think we just it was such a low, it was such low, low budget to be honest, <laughs> and it was my our first time doing like a, a film, like a like a full length proper like short fashion film of that. So, I mean, I think the need also, I was really inspired by the fact that the brand costume is such a, a very old brand, old in a way that it existed for such a long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was more targeted towards like the older generations and 
there was really nothing within their content that was relevant to the younger people or even young people. So it was very interesting to create a film that fits into like that bracket where young people can see themselves in it. And the older, funny enough, the older generation as well can see it. So funny enough, when we did the film, it, was, it had a lot more reception with my young people because there was young people who created the film. Young people who were in the film, and it was it wasn't disrespectful in any way. It wasn't. It was more about uh, looking at the concept of Afrofuturism. It's very very simple uh, aesthetic, and that was. I mean, I wanted to do so much more. I mean, with the film, but maybe one day I'll do a sequel. But <laughs> <laughs> So, but at the at the time, it was, it was just really good to explain. It was also like gave me an opportunity to pay homage to um, the kind of films and kind of stories that kind of inspire my work. Because I don't know if you ever, uh, it's a French, it's an it's a Francophone film mm-hmm. uh, that was done in 1957, mm-hmm. and by so by the Jibril Diop Mabete, it was like the opening scene of the of our film was inspired by the by scene in the movie where the two lovers are on a bike, mm. and so that was what inspired us to like that inspired the aesthetic for the film. Because I feel like I'm Nigerian, but I'm just very much drawn visually to the way Francophone, the old African cinema from the Francophone part of Africa, I feel that the way they created this beautiful story is about Africa, about like the country, it's about Senegal, and they told like really real time stories, but the aesthetic was really beautiful, it was interesting. It wasn't trying to be Western mm-hmm. in any way. It was just it was just really what it was and I, I really really appreciate the honesty and the not to, I mean, like the, it wasn't really trying to be glamorous. That's the type of film they made. That was mm. more about finding a way to portray Africa as a beautiful place and with all the beautiful stories and all the beautiful aesthetic. And I can imagine people working on the production back then with very almost close to nothing. Mm. So, so those kind of things kind of like inspire inspired me and I'm very attracted to like the old, even our old Nollywood here that's very very old. So those stories and the style and the aesthetic and the approach to film for me it's beautiful and I'm very much of a fantasy kind of uh, real like so I, I believe in looking at reality and flipping it into like a fantasy. So, that a lot of things that went on in my head when creating like getting in town. We wanted to look at the list of is so so literally into world online into everything like African from 
what's it called from our mothers to different ceremonies to events to so much it's really really it's really it's beautiful inside like i think something they did that is interesting is they assimilated a lot of the cultural uh symbolism a lot of the prints are inspired by like african symbols when i was working with them I, there was a lot of research we did and i realized that a lot of the prints a lot of the things are, uh, are tailored to specific uh tribes here in nigeria and they are inspired by the symbols that are relevant as an observer is that you know we keep talking about this um afrofuturism okay and um and then you as much as you know what i mean um for me as much as you know the african print of course we uh, appropriated it you know as um as a symbol of because you know you find it anywhere in africa you know what i mean it's, that's why we um yeah. we, we, we've labeled it as an african print which is basically and then coming on to Vlisco, you know which is a dutch company yeah. and then now it's just that also now and then when you think about um this afrofuturism that we keep talking about okay and then you always wonder then because um when you look deeper into it into the politics of how the um you know it was during the colonial time and then um you know what i mean and then you just wonder then it's like is our future is it because we appropriated it so because it became part of our identity um so because you can't have the future without you know the present and the past and labeled it because uh basically the money that we make from the african print does go back to that you know to dutch uh, you know how do you decolonize fashion but then it it becomes trickier when it comes to african print you know and um as much as it you know it's visco but it's just that it, it, it how do you decolonize that as and and then like what's this afrofuturism when it comes to fashion in africa i mean for me uh, i think also is i feel like everyone always has their perspective or like the way they look at things in general so mm. i might do something uh, and someone might see it and interpret it in a completely different way mm. and to be honest i was very conscious of that all we were working with the uh, civilizer and it was like there's a lot on the ground the politics that would be involved like oh okay what is this stand for like um what is Elizabeth trying to do here or mm. what is um what is the role we're playing here but then for me it also evolved into something that kind of looked like a partnership so it was more about um okay so we want to pay homage to the markets that kind of like where we're, you know, sourcing um, part of the income of this go from. So that is, and we want to do it in such a way that appeals to the younger audience, a way that people don't just see Bolisco as a, a what the ball is, mm-hmm. like uh, as a colonial weapon that's coming into like just take, 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 take. Mm-hmm. And we want to we want to walk on something that is like a give back in the sense and mm. so you look at the process that's involved like the designers who make the clothes uh were very much involved in the fabric mm. they were very much involved in the uh yeah they were very much involved in the fabric or involved in the design 
the rain fog and like okay this is the style I want to there was not there was never a moment where I don't think there was super pressure mm-hmm. um, to create the clothes look a certain way it was it was them working with it to create their own vision yes do you know since there's such there's a lot of ownership so we're using this we're creating this because the, this is already part of our culture So it is, not, yeah. I'm, I'm, it is. When you track back to the past and all of that, it, it, it was it was just uh, the people were bringing the wax back as gifts. Mm-hmm. You know, then because it suddenly became like a really buoyant industry that people really liked the, the print and it kind of just stuck. And it is here. I think it's here to probably stay yeah. for a while. I mean, we have like so many other African fabric, African prints, and other African techniques, which people are taking their time now to rediscover, mm-hmm. which I feel is brilliant because they're going into Shanghai, they're looking at uh, what's it called, weaving, All of these are processes that existed in the past, and what I also think about like the labor involved. It's easy for people to just buy something that's already made, yes. you know, and that they can easily just cut into bits and sew into a dress, and it's pretty. Mm. And that then go through the whole process of locally dyeing it because the, the process is quite tedious for a lot of like African made fabric mm-hmm. but the results is really beautiful like the tie and dye, the ideas, the ashoke, all of that is amazing but I think because of the time involved and the process involved really really creating it mm-hmm. it suddenly became easier for people to just like you know buy the Ankara prints and just make a dress and go where they want to go and Justin if it may I don't know if it was cheaper then or more expensive, but like all of that probably influenced the reason why it became so so rampant and what is it called? And then like I was saying, like the process of the film with the creators involved, where I created the storyline, I wasn't it wasn't imposed on me, you know, so I was like, okay. There's, even if you notice, if you notice, even with the release of the film, it was more about a collaboration. It was more about Daniel mm. Barsi doing like a, a video in collaboration with Felisco and not for Felisco. Mm. So that's like, oh, yeah, so there's like a huge ownership on my part for whatever I'm creating. And I, I felt like that was a good opportunity to really fine or to talk about like the, an African narrative or to discuss Nigeria in such a different light because a lot of times when you look at like the visuals that come up from this part of the world a lot of times it's not really really uh, it, there's a, it's always limited in my opinion it's, it's like it's like people are afraid to dream of space mm-hmm. like Africans are afraid to the dream of sci-fi but they were afraid to dream of alternative reality because a lot of times we demonize the culture we demonize like so many things and but here you have like a film that's telling you that oh okay what if there was an alien in town yes <laughs> <laughs> what 
Why did you choose blue? I, I just we're still sticking on um, on um, the yes. alien in town. Uh, An alien I in town. Blue is such a powerful color. Like it's it's it literally is full of space. To me. Whenever I look at blue, I just think of like space. I think of the ocean. I think of the sky. I just think of something otherworldly, something like not here. So like something that's not normal. So like the the idea of painting, I don't know what aliens look like. So I was like, <laughs> if I was gonna pick an alien, I would I would research and like dig deep and like and I, I think something or color that like had like really huge space element in mm-hmm. it would be a a good place to start, and so we went with a color blue um, because my, my, like literally someone put it in the like the afroness of that for me was just really stunning. And so we went with a color. Um, also, when you look into a lot of sci-fi as well, like the blue is such a powerful color, mm-hmm. and because I felt like the the, the blue, you will get it instantly. Like, oh, okay, that's. Uh, an alien. Anyway, and I casted someone who, yeah, I casted someone who had like a very interesting facial feature. The girl, like that's we didn't do any prosthetics or whatever to her. That's literally how her features are. They're very like her face is very defined. Her head, her nose, her jawline, everything is so stunning. Benita. So when we got to do what we wanted to do it was like a full on transformation she just went from this to that mm. in a second and it went from being a human to being some different something entirely out of the blues yeah. Yeah. I was like oh okay yeah I remember the right color it's not a you know because every time I watch your films because starting from um, of course Embers of Bloom was more like a female friendship um, you know fantasy and then, um, and then, uh, but most of your work though is always around um, androgyny. So I was just now trying when I was watching the um, the um, the an alien um, in town. So I was looking for that aspect as well, you know. So um, so I had to reference everything that I, because it's two people that found an alien. And they look at the body and then decided it's gonna yeah. be male, it's female. You know what I mean? So there was a bit. I don't know if it was influenced because I know your other way. It, it was. It's so funny because people don't realize that elements of the film because I didn't even really talk much about it because you, you. It's kind of like what happens with society. So we see something that we don't understand or something that we don't know about, and then we just. Our idea yes. of what it should be. Like, oh, okay. It looks feminine. It should be a girl. Yes. Oh, okay. It looks feminine. It should be a boy. You see. So, like, we a lot with. Um, but that's the thing. A lot of people didn't even notice that, which is interesting because you, you, this film has been out for like two years, and then someone is just telling me noticing that now. And I feel like it's really, really. I feel like that's a well done point. <laughs> like yes, like really good. Yeah, like that, that, that is you know, that is a deeper. That is a lot more deeper, like layer of that work. Normally, like the surface, I feel people just took the fact that oh, okay, it's a it's a movie that talks about 
being a stranger in a strange place, which I feel like we all have been there. So when you come into a place that is not really like your own, and you're struggling to kind of like adjust and find your rhythm. So there's always something in there for everyone to be able to interpret and take from it. But for misfits who uh, who have been in that scenario where you just wake up someday not realizing where you are, not realizing who exactly you are, and you're confused. And but in the mix of the whole confusion, trying to like understand yourself, there are these people, there are all these nuns, and all of this um, already pre-existing concept that kind of just put you in a box. That just feels like okay, they fill in the gaps for you. Mm. It's like you're, <laughs> I, I reference. The- I'm waking up from a coma and you don't remember or I'm not like a, I don't remember anything and then people are just telling you, oh yes, your name is, you live here. And you're like, that, I feel like that's how, that's how life is a lot so for a lot of people who are misfits and sexuality is such a huge part of my work so it would, it would be so rude of me not to have found a way to kind of like, um, explore that and i also feel like the thing is the thing that's interesting for me it's i I feel like i try to for now make my film um when discussing sexuality a bit mild because not just because of where i come from but like because of the way the way i want to be able to get people to accept the work and gradually 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 reinforce the concepts of okay this is okay in your mm-hmm. mind so like it's kind of like a very simple tactics that i'm currently using with films that i work on uh, or even projects that i've worked on in the past to uh, calmly do like a form of activism yeah. on sexuality with the film. Under the intoxicating light of the afternoon sun, dark bodies twirled to the melody of their own stark beauty. Clothed in the threads of our brazen youth, we gazed at the world, our eyes blazing like sapphires in the deepest night. We are sin, sorrow, grace, and rage, with the exquisite castoffs from heaven falling blissfully from the clouds. You just listened to the intro of Daniel's uh, film, Illegal. Um, Illegal looks into Nigeria's uh, LGBTQ community forced to hide their sexual orientation. The 2014 Same-Sex Marriage Prohibitation Act was signed in Nigeria, and this legislation criminalizes anyone participating in sexual acts, prohibiting relationships or marriage to an individual of the same sex 
Illegal is not, uh, you know, just a, a fashion film. It is a visual experience exploring sexuality, gender fluidity, and non-conformity from a contemporary African perspective through fashion and uh, fantasy. You have um, to watch the film because, you know, um, the, the models that are featured are presented as either a man nor a woman start to tell the multi-layered stories of diverse Nigerian identities. Do yourself a favor and watch it. And uh, as promised, of course, uh, we I'm going to touch a little bit on um, Daniel's first film, which was uh, Embers of Bloom. And... Um, this was inspired by female friendship and the fantasy of becoming someone else through fashion. And this film was critically acclaimed and received a lot of recognition uh, from international uh, fashion agencies. Guys, do yourselves a favor. Um, go to um, Daniel Obasi's um, Instagram page and the handle is I am Daniel Obasi you won't uh, regret it and unfortunately um, <laughs> it has come to the time of the day where I have to go but before I go I'm just gonna um, read uh, one of Daniel's quotation by Nina Simone how can you be an artist and not reflect the times so Daniel um says um, he wants to achieve something like that and reflect a part of the society glimpsing into a fantasy of an Afrofuturistic time where it was okay to feel genderless and just be yourself. And with that, I want to say thank you guys for joining us and thank you to everyone that has been giving us positive feedback will really really appreciate it and if it's your first time darling please do follow us on our social media page and it is at radio underscore sa we're gonna close uh with um daniel's um the last song that Daniel has chosen as it best uh, described his uh, creative process is by James Arthur and Emily Sunday. And the title of the song is Roses. Darlings, Vuyo has left the building. Love you and thank you. Anybody, but I chose you. Ooh, help me get better. You pull me right out of the blue. Oh, and daddy don't like you, but daddy and I never speak. And every night when I I need you to get back to sleep
Questions behind, behind. 